It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Extra Time with me, Liam Horvin, presented by Betway. Shout out to Betway. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. It's much appreciated. It makes me look legit. Even when people probably think I'm not that legit. But I am people. Listen to Betway. They know what they're talking about. Head over there. 19 plus. Please bet responsibly if you're betting. Maybe you bet on the Champions League this past weekend. Not even weekend. Weekday. Sorry. It is a late night here. I am recording this podcast at 11.23 p.m. Mountain Mountain. I can't even talk. That's all it is. Mountain Standard Time. Because it's tax season, people. And you got to get those taxes in. Apparently, the CRA went on strike today, which I did not know about. So I don't know what that means. But I'm doing my taxes. It's a lot of work. And I am not qualified to do this. But if I don't do it, nobody else will. And then I'll go to jail. And then how would this podcast ever be recorded if I'm in jail? It just wouldn't work out. Anyways. Also, my fish tank is... Got an algae problem. Absolute disaster here at Horribin Manor recently. I'm, the chain fell off my bike when I went out for a bike ride last Sunday. So it has been a roller coaster of a week, to say the least. Bolton dropped three points against, I think it was Burton Albion this time. Almost got battered by Oxford on the weekend too. Luckily snuck out with a 1-0 win away from home. And then also we, we drew... I think it was on the Monday, Easter Monday against Cambridge, the 94th minute winner, a uh, draw, sorry, for Cambridge, header, the Reebok. It's not called the Reebok anymore. I don't know what it's called anymore. Um, is it the University of Bolton Stadium now? I can't remember. I'm actually going back to England this summer, so I'll be able to have a little reunion there with the, uh, the old fortress, the Premier League fortress. So we'll see what it's all about. But for now, let's get into the football talk here. Or more football talk, I suppose. And obviously, we had some Champions League. Not this weekend, this weekday. Although the Premier League this past weekend was nuts. And the Bundesliga, like Borussia Dortmund. Figure it out. Bayern Munich put on on an absolute plate for you. And all you had to do is beat Stuttgart. So I'll read it here quickly. I got it up. So Bayern Munich drew 1-1 against Hoffenheim. Kramerich scored for Hoffenheim in the 71st minute. For reference, Hoffenheim are currently 13th in the Bundesliga with 29 points, which makes him five points clear of Stuttgart in 24th. <laughs> Quite the 
relegation race, actually, in the Bundesliga. Stuttgart on 24, so is Schalke in 17th, and then Hertha Berlin at 22 in 18th, and then Bochum at 27, <clears throat> excuse me, in 15th, which is the one one place out of the relegation zone. Only, only 18 teams in the Bundesliga. Obviously, the Premier League is what I was referring to before, but I wanted to make that up. Oh, I didn't even talk about Dortmund. Dortmund. 93rd minute, what looked like a winner from Gio Reyna, who has been in the news recently. Because his mom and dad want to treat him like a child. Sorry, Claudio, you had that coming. Bit of a loser, if you ask me. Anyways, then Stuttgart scored in the 97th minute, and now Dortmund are not top of Bundesliga like they should be. Premier League, though, bit of a wild one, too. Chelsea, just absolute tire fire. You take away the name Chelsea and they would be, they'd be irrelevant to anything in the premiership right now because they are just such, such a mid-table team, so inconsistent. The players are absolute garbage. Every single week, they're horrendous, and they did it again this week. Had a 1-0 lead over Brighton. Conor Gallagher scored. Who... I'm curious to see how much the, uh, Frank Lampard now plays Conor Gallagher. I mean, he scores a goal. We mentioned it on last week's show. Frank Lampard loves to play his young guys. We spoke about all the players he's brought through for England with Tammy Abraham, Tamore, Mason Mount, a couple other guys out there too. Crystal Palace's centre-back, uh, Tariq Lafferty, of course, who isn't, who isn't, who is English, but plays for Ghana. Billy Gilmore is another one that comes to name, come to mind. Speaking isn't my thing today, apparently. Good job on doing a podcast. Anyway, I wonder if Conor Gallagher can be that next guy. There was a couple other youngsters that played too, I believe. Um, Pulisic got a match in there too. Chalaber got in a game. Kepa played in goal. Did all right, actually, Kepa, to his credit. But holy smokes, Brighton could have had like six goals in this game. And the goal that was scored by, who was the youngster that scored it? He's just a Paraguayan player, Julio Encisco. If you haven't seen it yet, go look up that goal, because holy moly, was it an absolute belter. There is not many goalies in the world that would have been able to stop it. Definitely not Kepa, and definitely not anybody in the Chelsea kit was able to that day. So I put Brighton, Stanley seventh in the Premiership. A couple of games in hand as well over Villa, who are one point ahead of them, who I'm going to talk about in good detail today because they deserve some credit. Chelsea down in 11th. The rest of the matches fairly standard besides Tottenham versus Bournemouth, which was kind of nice because it had that little delay. So I was able to catch a little bit more. Usually on Saturdays, what I do is I'll just kind of stick to one game and I'll record the other ones. And if there's any of the results that pop up that I want to check in on, I'll just watch them after. But luckily, like I said, the Tottenham one was, I think it was 10, 15 minutes delayed for whatever reason. I can't remember. So I was managed to to sneak it in at the end of each half. So after I watched Brighton batter Chelsea for 90 minutes, I watched Bournemouth take three points off, off Tottenham, who had a lead in the 18th minute and then still managed to squander it. And Brighton, credit to Gary O'Neill, the former Bolton Wanderer. 
He has done a fantastic job with that Brighton team. Let's not forget that team lost 9-0 earlier in the season to Liverpool, which cost Scott Parker his job, of course. And since then, he is, he's not, I'm here. I'm not saying Brighton are absolute wall beers by any means, but for what that team is, he is getting the absolute best out of that squad. And right now, currently sitting in 14, 33 points, which puts them six points clear of Nottingham Forest. I think Brighton will stay up. And I think Gary O'Neill has done a damn good job of that team. I think he's a full-time manager now. I can't remember if they've given they've taken the interim badge off him yet. But either way, if he's at Brighton next season, if he's not, I think he's going to have a job wherever he wants to be because he is, with the squad they have and the money they have, I know they're getting a new new owner and all that kind of stuff. But for now, like, whew, good job, Gary O'Neill. For a rookie, a rookie manager, you have... You have stepped up, my friend. And of course, on Sunday, we just, this was frustrating. This was frustrating. Just did a full episode on how Arsenal can win the league. I know my final standings can still work out with my predictions on the wins and the losses and the draws. But come on. You're up 2-0 on West Ham. I know you're away, but could have could have held on for me there the gunners i've been rooting for you all season although one of my predictions at the start of the season was that arsenal would hang on for so long and then just let off right at the end and see would come swooping in maybe i should have stuck by my position but my heart wants arsenal to win my heart wants bolton's win my head says i'll never happen but you never know leicester won the league once but my heart wants Arsenal to win, and it just knows City is going to come out of nowhere and just win it. They are right now four points ahead of City with a game in hand. Who says game in hand is against Brighton? So we'll see. We'll see. That's a difficult match, obviously. I think it's away. I can't remember. I We did do the full episode last week if you want to go check that one out. It's called Extra Time if you didn't pick that one up. I think it was episode 10. I can't remember. So many numbers. Tax season, people. Numbers everywhere. I don't even know what I can... I got this big spreadsheet and there's, there's so much on there. Apparently, you can you can write off nowadays. Maybe I'll make my fish my bodyguards for the house or something, my home office. But if you don't believe me, tax people. This is, this is my home. Anyways. <laughs> Nobody cares about your taxes, Liam. Then United won 2-0. Anthony, first goal since October. Well worth the money. There was... um. I listen to talk sport a lot now. You can you can watch them on YouTube. So you can watch the shows. I, usually by the time I get up, it's Darren Ben and Andy Goldstein. And then if I have to go into the office to record any other content, then that I don't really watch any of the other ones anyway. So I watch them. And the other day they were talking about players who, I think, it, I think Ben said, name one player over 70 million that has been worth the value. So I'm going to pull up that list quickly because to be fair, it it seemed like none of them were. So let's pull it up. And obviously Anthony is one of those players who United spent a crap ton of money on this summer. And he's done absolutely nothing since. I think he has four goals in the Premier League this season at most. Like I said, that was his first goal since October in the Premiership. I think he had a couple of of good ones in the uh, Europa League, which United just got knocked out of too, which we'll get to quickly as well. Uh, most expensive football players. When I type in most expensive, the first thing that comes up is most expensive Pokemon cards. 
Maybe that's a different podcast. Most expensive football player is transfers. There we go. <sighs> Here it is. All right. So Neymar, Barcelona to PSG. I would say that one's, I mean, it was 222 million euros. I'll do, I'll do them. I'll do the pounds because it's more natural to me. So it was 198 million pounds. Was that worth it? While they haven't won the Champions League, they've won Ligoon numerous times because it's Ligoon and me and you listening could go and compete in that league half the time. So no, I would say that one is not worth the money. Apparently he's going to leave this summer too, which is something else I want to address quickly on this show. Second, Mbappe, I think he's the best player in the world at the moment. It's fair to say that deal is is fair. It's 163 million. Monaco to PSG, Felix Coutinho to Barcelona. No, Felix from Benfica to Atletico Madrid. Well, he's now out on loan at Chelsea, so I would say that one's a no. Enzo Fernandez to Benfica. Uh, sorry, from Benfica to Chelsea. Too early to say, but that was 106 million for a guy. A, the the average football fan probably hadn't heard of until this season with his performance of the World Cup and also prior to that with Benfica in the Champions League. Griezmann for, to Barcelona, no. Jack Grealish to City, 100 million. Has he lived up to that price tag? I would say right now, no, but at least they've won some stuff and he's been one of the best players this season. So I think maybe eventually if he gets like two or three more seasons out of him at this rate, then yes, Jack Grealish's price tag will eventually pan out. Lukaku into Milan to Chelsea, no, because Chelsea is, I don't want a striker. They don't believe in the position. So I've heard. That's what people tell me. By my people, I mean my eyes when I watch them on a Saturday morning and they can't score goals. Dembele to Barcelona for 97 million from Dortmund. I would say no. He's injured quite a lot. When he's playing, he's fantastic. Pogba to United, no. Hazard to Real Madrid, no. Ronaldo to Juventus, 88 million. I mean, probably. Yeah, I would say that one's fair. Uh, Bale to Real Madrid. I mean, what, he went five Champions Leagues. I know he sat on the bench half the time, but he played a huge role in most of them. So yeah, that one worked. Um, Here's an interesting one. Oh, sorry. So Anthony, I went, I jumped down the list a bit too much. I'm getting close to that kind of mark of 70 million here. There's just a few more. Anthony to United. Right now, I would say no, but it's 82 million. We'll see what, we'll see how that one plays out over the next couple of years. He is only a youngster as well as he was at 22 at the most. So he's got a long runway. If they get 10 years out of Anthony at 85 million, then yes. That one, that transfer 100% works. If you can get that longevity out of a player and at a good rate of performance, then yes, that is good. Cristiano Ronaldo to Real Madrid, the best player on this list by a million miles. At the time, I believe that was the record at the time, which was 80 million pounds. I remember when that happened, and that was um, that was when Real Madrid signed Benzema, Kaka, Ronaldo. Javi Alonso, and I think there was somebody else in there too. Oh, uh, Cannavaro. I think it was right around then. No, that was way before, wasn't it? Cannavaro was the 2006 World Cup. But anyway, the the Ronaldo, Benzema, Kaká, and um, Javi Alonso era. The that was Real Madrid signed three Ballon d'Or winners in that era because Benzema won one, Kaká. I'd already won one 
And then Ronaldo obviously won as many as he did. Just kind of wild to think they were all on the same team as one point and Kaka just never really panned out there and then went to... Didn't he go to Orlando? Was there a stopgap between that? I can't remember. I feel like maybe it went back to AC Milan a little bit too. But either way, it didn't work for him in the grand scheme of things. Obviously a fantastic, absolute legend. Higuain, Napoli to Juventus for 75 million. I'm going to say probably decent. You would have liked to get Higuain when he was at Real Madrid kind of guy. Here's a good one, which I'm sure everyone will agree on. Harry Maguire, 80 million from Leicester to Manchester United. I think that one worked out for one team and one team only, and they don't wear red. Sorry, Harry Maguire. I've defended you for a long time. I love you for England, but you are not the man for Manchester United, unfortunately. Uh, a couple more here. Lukaku, Everton to United. I'd say that worked for a season. Uh, Sancho, no. Van Dijk, 100%. Hazard to Chelsea, no. Suarez to Barcelona, yes. Uh, we'll do a couple more. I should do one more. Fafana to Chelsea. Too early to say. Great player, though. Got the other players on this list that are just further down. Zidane to Real Madrid for 46 million. The record at the time. Yes, that one worked. Ibrahimovic went to Barcelona for 63 million. Oh, there's just so many legends of this game. That's why I love the. That's why I love football. So historic and just so. So many fantastic players everywhere. But yeah, I kind of forgot the tangent I was going. Oh, yeah, it was the um, players worth the value over 70 million. No, to be frank, no. Look at um, Trossard at Arsenal. He has been fantastic for them. He's exactly what they needed. And they were going after Mudrick for that length of time, right? Until Chelsea swooped in and spent all that money on him. I think Arsenal are, are very happy with the business they had. And then you look at Mudrick, and he's obviously got tons and tons and tons of time to turn it around. And I hope he does. He looked like a very promising player when he was at Shakhtar. But there is no way Arsenal is sitting there right now thinking, oh, rats. We missed out on Mudrick. Look how well he's doing at Chelsea. Anyone else see that shot he had the other day where he looked like he had never kicked a ball before? Boy, oh boy, I wish we had that on our team. No, nobody at Arsenal is, is currently thinking that. <laughs> Mudrick, that's funny. Uh, sorry, Mr. Mudrick. You're, I'm sure you're a good man. And then it was also Liverpool absolutely spanking Leeds, which was my uh, Betway pick of the weekend. So I hope you tailed me on that one, folks. I said uh, I said Liverpool would win and score over one and a half goals, which I think paid out. Like It was like minus 118 or plus 118. I can't remember which way around it was, but worked very nicely. So we'll quickly just look at the Champions League results. There was one surprise. It wasn't Chelsea. Chelsea lost 4-0 in aggregate to Real Madrid. I did say, I'll hold my hands up when I'm wrong. I said they might be able to do it. That was when they had Graham Potter. Then it all just went down the drain. I mean, it's not like Graham Potter was lighting up the world anyway, was it? But I just had, I had that, that little bit of belief. You got to believe, people. If you don't believe, what's the point? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Inter knocked out Benfica. City knocked out Bayern Munich. And Milan knocked out Napoli. Now, I think one thing that's been missing from Milan this season is just the fact they haven't been healthy. You know, they've not had the goalie for lengths of time. There's been numerous other good players out of for the, the team. So for them to beat Napoli, it's great. It's cool. It's cool. And now we get the Inter Milan, the Milan derby. Not the Inter Milan derby. Sorry, AC Milan fans. But we get the Milan derby. And I know Caroline put out a TikTok the other day of just like the history. And just think of the legends that have been on this team. It's like Figo, Ronaldo. Maldini, Nesta, Shevchenko, Crespo, Kaka. There's just so many from both teams. Julio Cesar, another one from, from Inter Milan from when they last won the Champions League. Wesley Schneider, Lucio. Like, this is just an absolute classic of a Champions League matchup. And this is exactly what the tournament is all about. Getting these just absolute legendary clubs going one-on-one against each other. And I couldn't be more happy to see the Milan derby back on full display on, in the world's best tournament in any sport, the Champions League, and just having them together in the San Siro, which is coming to an end, right? It just feels very, very fairy tale like that they're going to get this in the Champions League semi final, which means we'll get an Italian team in the final of the Champions League for the first time since Juventus. That would have been, I can't remember what year that was, but they lost to Real Madrid. I don't know. Real Madrid, Barcelona, whatever it was. They didn't win. I'll tell you that much. And then today we had the Europa League. Roma knocked out Feyenoord, which was surprising. Because last week, or maybe it was a week before, whenever the, this was kind of going on, we spoke about how Feyenoord have just kind of found this resurgence again, back up and running in Eredivisie. Look like they're going to probably win the league. They're quite far ahead now of Ajax and PSV and FC20 which had put them back in the Champions League for the first time since 2017, I think it was. I can't remember if they qualified for the groups, but they were at least qualified for the Champions League in some regard. Went into the second leg up 1-0 against Rome, going to Rome. Lost 4-1 today. And I believe they had it. They went to extra time, 
Spinazzola scored for Rome first goal. Dybali scored in the 89th minute as well to make it 2-2 on aggregate. El Sharori, that'll, that'll make your mouth mumble. And Pellegrini won it for Rome. Jose Mourinho, absolute legend. His, whatever he touches turns to gold. What is it? What was that thing he said about uh, Manchester United? He said taking Manchester United to second in the Premier League was his greatest accomplishment as a football manager. This is a man who's won the Champions League multiple times, won the league, whatever, whatever country he's been in, won the Champions League with Porto for Christ's sakes. Well, taking Manchester United to second. In the Premier League is his greatest accomplishment. And at the time, everyone's like, you're nuts. And we all saw what just happened to Manchester United years and years onwards after that. If he won the Europa League with Rome, I wonder if back-to-back European championships, because he won the Conference League last year, of course, with Rome. Now he's going to potentially win the Europa League. And just bringing this this team back to such a, a rise in European football, currently fourth in Serie A as well. I wonder if this era with Rome will then elevate that season with Manchester United where he said that was his greatest accomplishment because they finished second. It's interesting, but Mourinho, he just, he just knows how to manage. Manchester United lost 3-0 to Sevilla. Conceded five goals in a row to Sevilla. Couldn't counter it. Harry Maguire. I feel so bad for Harry Maguire, but I'm starting to lose that sadness about him because, man, when he puts that Manchester United shirt on, he looks like he's not a clue in the world of how to play this sport. That Manchester United paid £80 million for him to play. But when he plays for England... He's like he's like watching Maldini play. He's one of the best in the world. He's he's qualifying for these team of the tournaments. He's what like he was probably one of England's best players at the World Cup. But for some reason, when that man puts on a Manchester United shirt, he is clueless. And I just cannot understand it. But to Southgate's defense, I'd pick him for the England squad next time around as well. Because he's one of their best players. It's it's the honestly probably the craziest story in football, and I just don't get it. But how can Manchester United keep playing him? I get it, like Martinez is out now for the season, but man, that is a tough one. Today he played alongside Lindelof, had a five point one rating on foot uh, foot mob. This one is sorry. You gotta. There's surely someone in the academy that can come in and step up and play if if Iran isn't healthy either on the bench. They had the only other centre back on the bench was they don't exist. They did not exist. Is there anyone else in the squad that could possibly play? Just off the top of my head, Phil Jones. Could Phil Jones come back? Could he be worse than Harry Maguire? Let us find out, Eric Ten Hag. Let us find out if Phil Jones is worse than Harry Maguire. Anybody else here available? Hello, Manchester United looking for a defender, centre-back specifically. They might actually have to play Phil Jones. (laughs) 
That is crazy to think about. Anyway, United's out of the Europa League. Uh, Juventus drew 1-1 one, one against Sporting Lisbon, which means Juventus are going through as well. And Leverkusen beat Union St. Gilosia. Ah, that's such a bad one. Why do you give me these bad names to say? Why? So now, uh, just to give it, close it out here on the Europa League. Juventus, Sevilla is, a, is the semi-final. On one side, and Rome versus Leverkusen. Jose Mourinho will go up against Javi Alonso. One of his old buddies. I think they managed, I think he managed him at Real Madrid. Maybe? I don't know. They've crossed paths out one way or another. West Ham flying through as well, beating Ghent. Basel beat Nice 2-1 after extra time. Fiorentina knocked out Pozan. AZ Altmar knocked out Andalek. So what we're we looking at here, we have AZ Almar and West Ham and Fiorentina versus Basel. West Ham fans, I'm curious what your stance is on David Moyes because obviously it's not been a fantastic season in the Premiership by any means, but you're in the semifinals of the Europa Conference League. If you win this, surely this is a, a successful season, right? Which seems insane to say considering you're currently sitting close to the in the relegation zones, right? You're 31 points in the game in hand. So one win could take you up to 13th in the league. You're probably safe. Bit nerve-wracking though, isn't it? Bit nerve-wracking. One team that isn't in the Europa League or the Champions League or the Europa Conference League is Aston Villa. But one team, it looks like they might get to the Europa League, the Europa Conference League, or potentially even the Champions League, is Aston Villa. And I'm going to give them some praise on this one. Because since sacking Steven Gerrard, they have been one of the best teams in the Premiership. And it was just kind of this past weekend, they started to get a bit more recognition. So I just want to read out some some numbers here. So buckle in. I wrote, some, I wrote a page. I wrote a page of numbers. So Unai Emery... The Europa League wizard became the manager of Aston Villa November 1st, 2022, after they sacked Steven Gerrard, who was massively underachieving with a squad that was more than capable of competing for European spots in the Premiership. So many, so many good players on this team. Ollie Watkins, Ramsey, they just signed Coutinho. I know Coutinho isn't where he used to be, but... Still a very good football player. Uh, obviously, Martinez in goal. The list goes on. Leon Bailey's a decent player too. They've got a lot, lot of talent on this squad. So since Emery joined, he's 12-2-6 with two losses coming in cup competition. So I don't really, to be frank, I don't really give a shit about them. <laughs> Stevenage is one. I think the other one was Everton or someone like that. I can't remember. Um, so anyway, in the premiership there two. Sorry, 12 wins, two draws, four losses. Four losses have come against Liverpool, which was right after the World Cup break. They lost 3-1. Then they lost three games in a row. 4-2 to Leicester, 3-1 to City, 4-2 to Arsenal. Minus the Leicester game, you've lost against some reasonable teams in that stretch there. So since losing to Arsenal, though, which was on February 18th, so not too long ago, two months ago from this date recording on April 20th. They have lost this many. 
You can't see it if you're not watching on the video, but I'm holding up zero. I'm actually holding up three, but my thing is zero. I should have just gone like this, like a fist. 7-1-0. Drawn one game, which I think was actually Leicester again, if I remember correctly. No, I can't remember what it was. Whatever. They've won seven. Ollie Watkins, seven goals during that stretch. Aston Villa scored 15. He almost scored half their goals. Two goals against. One of them was a 1-1 draw, and I think the other one was against Newcastle or someone like that. So since that stretch, since uh, February 18th, Ollie Watkins has more goals than Holland, who has six. Harry Kane, who has six. Ivan Tony, who has four. And Marcus Rashford, who has three. And then Mo Salah has seven, which is equal to, to Watkins. Those are the top five scorers in the premiership, and Ollie Watkins is right there. There was that video the other day of when he scored on the weekend and Gareth South, when they played Newcastle, so that's... That one goal wouldn't have been against Newcastle. I can't remember what it was. Look it up yourself. I'm telling you, though, they have only allowed two. But anyway, there was that video of Ollie Watkins celebrating the goal. And then Gareth, the camera panning to Gareth Southgate and looking up in the crowd. And he's kind of looking around and just puts this big smile on his face. And I, if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd be thinking, thank goodness. We, England, now have three very competent, I four, I should say four very competent strikers in Harry Kane, obviously. Marcus Rashford, been fantastic. Dropped off a little bit recently, I will admit, but post-World Cup, he's been electric. Was great at the World Cup too. Ivan Tony, who knows what's going to happen to him, to be honest, with his, you know, if you know, you know. And now Ollie Watkins. You have four legit strikers. You can also play Rashford on the wing as well a little bit if you want to cut inside. So it gives you good good options. But down the middle, you've got three legit top-quality strikers. Two of them actually played for Brentford because Ollie Watkins was at Brentford too. Is Brentford the breeding ground for strikers? Next topic. I'm kidding. Just, uh, just good to see on Watkins. And I mean, it's good to see Aston Villa kind of climbing to the top two. They're a massive, massive club. They have been down in the dumps for a while here with getting relegated and then recovering, honestly, from Jack Grealish going, who was fantastic for them too. But they are a huge, huge club. And they, they've won the Champions League. They've won the Champions League, which I'll get into in one second here. But here's their final seven matches. They're currently in sixth in the Premiership, by the way. Um, six points out of the Champions League spot, which is just behind Newcastle, I think, is holding that spot right now. Six points out with a game in hand over Newcastle. So they've played 30, Newcastle, sorry. Villa's played 31, Newcastle played 30. So this is their final seven matches. And boy, oh boy, if you want Aston Villa, it is on the plate for you to take. Because if you win these games, it is all yours. Brentford away this weekend, ninth. Fulham at home, 10th. United away at Old Trafford, third in the league. Wolves, 13th in the league away. But good Midlands derby, though. Tottenham at home, fifth. Liverpool away, eighth. Brighton at home, seventh. You are fighting for it. And if you win these matches, Aston Villa will be in European competition this season. For the first time... Since my I did some did some calculations. It'll be the first time, I believe, since 2010, 
that Aston Villa will be in some form of European competition. That little error they had with Martin O'Neill, I think they finished third, uh, sorry, three years in a row, they finished sixth and they got some competition in there. So that was good. Obviously the best finish is they finished second in in, uh, 93, I think it was under Ron Atkinson. And then they had a couple of, couple of good seasons as well under Brian Little. And of course, like I said, they won, they've won the Champions League before 1982 or 83, maybe that season with, um, I can't remember the manager, but they won one nil. I think they'd be Bayern Munich in the final. Should have wrote that one down too, shouldn't I? But Bayern Munich, look out. If it was you in 82, Aston Villa's on the way back. Don't, don't hesitate. I don't know. I lost track of what I was going to say. Don't hesitate. That doesn't make any sense. Anyways, Aston Villa. They're on the rise. I'm not even going to guess what record they could get because Brentford is a top six killer and Aston Villa is currently a top six team. Fulham won't have Mitrovic. So yeah, they could get a result there. United, they have a lose 7-0 or win 7-0. If Harry Maguire's playing, imagine if they had Harry Maguire and Phil Jones in one match. Oh my goodness. That is, that would be special. The Midlands derby against Wolves. Yeah, I think they can get three points there. Tottenham at home. Yeah, they can get three points. Liverpool away. That'll be tough. Just Anfield, obviously a difficult place to go. Brighton at home. Last game of the season. Very excited for that one. So we'll see. We'll see what Villa do. One other thing I wanted to talk about quickly was... The idea of Harry Maguire, uh, Harry Maguire, he's just stuck in my head. Harry Kane, his England teammate. Harry Kane potentially going to PSG to play in League Un. There was some rumors about it this week. There was also rumors that Jose Mourinho could be linked with PSG as well. And the big reason for all of this is PSG might lose Messi this summer and they might also lose Neymar, which would leave just Mbappe. And obviously they got some other good players in there, but the big three would be gone. It would just be Mbappe. Is that big three one of the biggest failures in football history? I would say yes. What have they done? They've won the league and, and they're being challenged by teams who most people haven't even heard of at the moment. Obviously not Marseille, but the other teams in there. So that was linked. And then Daniel Levy, what a clown, said Harry Kane could win trophies at Tottenham. Well, well where are they? Because what have you won? The, the Audi Cup, I think it was called. Uh, I know they won the League Cup many, many moons ago. All right. Well, you made it to the Champions League final once. Fantastic accomplishment. Not discounting that. Great for Tottenham. They, I was going to say they finished second in the Premier League, but that's false because Arsenal beat them out on the last day, I believe, when Leicester, that was the year Leicester won the league. So, there's not much evidence to prove that Harry Kane will, will win anything at Tottenham. So why should he stay? I don't think PSG is is a great fit. He'll definitely win something because nobody else competes over there. But I don't think PSG is great. I wouldn't mind seeing him at Bayern Munich, although Thomas Tuchel, much like he was at Chelsea, just doesn't like strikers. So we'll see how that's going there. Real Madrid is an interesting spot. Manchester United is also interesting. Chelsea... Are Chelsea interested? I think I would be interested if I was Chelsea. Will Tottenham sell him to someone like that? Maybe not, but sometimes you don't have a choice. 
So we'll see. Harry Kane's future is up in the air. I think he should leave Spurs. They're in absolute shambles and they don't deserve players as good as Harry Maguire. Harry Kane. Oh my goodness. I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed. Oh. 11.59pm. There you have it, folks. Alright. Now I am gonna put a bow on this because I am exhausted. I'm not doing my taxes anymore, though. Someone else. I should pay someone. If anyone knows a good accountant, let me know. But anyways, head over to Betway. Whatever sport you're into, they got it all over there. All of it. It's a big weekend, obviously, for football, with all leagues kind of coming to a close very, very soon. The Champions League is getting exciting. The more more it goes on, the more exciting it gets. I can't wait for Real Madrid versus Man City. I believe Pep is going to try and become the first manager to knock out Real Madrid whilst managing three different teams, which is huge. Obviously, the Milan derby. Oh, that'll be juicy. Also, I'm excited for the other the other matchups too in the in the other competitions. And yeah, there you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening again. Episode 11. We'll be back next week. I'll, I'll try and get another guest on, but I've been trying to get into the flow of things of talking to myself a little bit more and it seems to be going well. At least I think so. If you're interested, leave a review. It helps me out. I've rambled on a little bit for this exit. Extra holy moly words, words. All right, I'm out of here. Farewell. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.